This is the Ops Authority Podcast, where my mission is to break down the backside of your business so you can take the right actions to grow and scale. Hey, I'm Natalie Gingrich, a small business operations expert, and I'm going to give you a front row seat to real solutions that will help you reach the vision that you have for your business, all while equipping you to put out those inevitable pesky fires and those fears that pop up. Listen in for strategies to grow your team, craft the systems and processes that you need for your business, and establish business foundations that you may have skipped over. I know you're ready to do really big things, so let's do it together. Hey, hey, welcome to the inaugural episode of the Ops Authority Podcast. I'm so excited to kick this off. During the time you spend with me on this podcast, you're going to be learning about operations and all that makes it up. So processes, people, systems, projects, and how they pertain to your small business. By definition, operations are the day-to-day functions that support the profit-producing activities in your business. And my shortened version, which is the one that you'll probably remember a little bit easier, is operations are the backside of your business. And we're going to spend some time talking about that today. Operations can also be shortened to ops. And before I get real deep and heavy into this, I just want to tell you that I am going to call operations or to shorten operations to ops quite frequently. And because it's practice and it's a science, it's prevalent through all of your business structures. So since we're just getting started with this podcast, I'm going to kick off this episode with an overview of ops, and we're going to call it Business Operations 101. Like any good entry-level class, I'm going to begin by explaining ops by giving you a few seconds, just a very short overview of the history of operations. And don't worry, there's no test, and I'm going to make this really quick. I just think it's really cool, number one. And number two, I think it's important to understand how far this practice dates back. So here we go. The history of operations. We see operations literally back in 5000 BC, literally before Christ. I won't get into the minutia, and I know many of you guys don't really care about that, but we are going to start talking about operations in the way that we're using it today. This practice dates back to the early 1900s, like right then we start seeing people looking for efficiencies in the workplace. So how long it takes to complete a task and also looking for task matching task to the right kinds of people. So does the skill set match the task? So you see that in the early 1900s. And then something that you probably know, Henry Ford created the assembly lines for his Model T. So when he was doing that, he was looking for efficiencies everywhere. With this technology, they moved a 12-hour process down to two. This was so important, and you can tell that helped to generate more volume, which got them greater profits and revenue. So all the way back to 19, about 1915, Henry Ford was looking into this. Then we move into the World War II, and as you know, we were fabricating weapons and we're trying to do so super quickly. That's when we started looking at data. So operations and data, now we're playing in the same territory because they were looking at forecasting, like how many parts and pieces they needed, and data was becoming really big. Then in the 60s, we see servicing really taken off. And we see this in banks and loanings and investments. All That entire culture 
was using operations as the backbone to get this work done. So analytics and servicing became a big piece. In the 80s, I'm sure many of my listeners out there were present in the 80s, and that's when we see digital technology emerging. It was the invention of software, and as you know, during that time, we can really start to understand how processes and project, especially project management, was super important when they were coming out with new softwares. In each of these time periods, you can see that there was an objective and operations were kind of that messy middle or the guts that allowed that outcome to happen. So when we think back to World War II and creating those weapons, the outcome that they wanted was to get weapons out quickly or more quickly. And it was the operations that allowed that to happen. So having a plan for how many pieces and parts that they were going to need, who was going to be present to do that really allowed for that outcome. So this has been dating back all the way back, like I said, to the 5000 BC. But for most of us, we'll just go ahead and keep this into the 1900s. And I believe that this is just really interesting. All of that work led to technology and and really interesting frameworks like the Kanban, Lean Six Sigma, and project management processes and standards. This is truly the evolution of operations. And history class is over. (laughs) So I just wanted to give you guys a real view look at how operations have been a huge part of our lives, and we don't even pay them any attention because they're always in the background. I thought it was interesting and important for us to do that as we begin our journey together learning about operations. So why are operations important to a small business today? It's pretty simple. They create efficiencies, they streamline your work, and they allow you to service your client or to sell your product with the intention of increasing the product. Remember, ops are the backside of your business. I love this quote from Henry Ford. I mentioned him earlier with the whole assembly line piece, but listen to this quote and let it sink in for a second. It was important for him to take the work to the man, not the man to the work. So... Take the work to the man, not the man to the work. So he wanted the work to be really vetted out so that when the man showed up to work, he knew what to do versus the other way around where the man shows up and is going through all of the operations and processes. So he wanted to make sure that this was all documented, that this was defined before they got there because they he knew that they would be more efficient. So I love that. I just, I love that Henry Ford gave that little nugget to us so long ago. So ops are the hub. They're the center of the work. They're the cog in the wheel. They hold people, the processes, and the outcome all together. And if you don't have someone overseeing your operations, then you are leading those operations in your business. And most of the time at the beginning, you're not only the CEO, you're the COO and hashtag all the things. Regardless of the size of your business, you're going to spend a fair amount of your time in operations. Actually, you're going to spend more time in the ops world than you are in the strategy world. And if I had to bet, you didn't think that when you were coming into business. Over time, you're going to transition the roles that you're playing in operations to other teammates, or you're going to outsource them to specialists. That's my hope for you. To help you paint a picture of operations, I'm going to talk about front office activities and back office activities. And this is really a great way to understand how operations really work in small business today. So 
Front office activities include these four areas. So number one, strategy and planning. What kind of plan do you have in place to grow your business? Second of all, developing your products and your offers. So this is the dreamy part. We all love this part of business because this is what you think about before you put up the proverbial open sign, right? This is, what am I going to sell? I'm I'm starting this business and I can't wait to sell my copywriting services or I can't wait to sell this face cream. You think of what it is that you're going to put yourself out there. So you spend time before you put up that open sign and you really develop the product or the offer that you're going to be selling. The third thing is visibility. So this is all about how you're going to be seen, how you're going to be heard, a little bit of marketing in here, some public relations, and and the branding and the messaging. So this is really how you're going to be seen and heard. Again, this is the third front office activity. The last one is selling. And ultimately, if we don't sell, we don't have a business. So that is the last of the front office activities. This is where, this is the CEO zone. It is my goal to have the CEOs only focusing on the front office activities, strategy and planning, developing products and offers, getting seen, and to sell. So think of Amazon. When you go to the website, you're seeing their quote unquote front office. This is where you interact with the product and the offer You've probably had an ad that pushed you there, so that's part of the visibility. And now there's a buy button on that screen, which is telling you it's the sell, it's the offer. This is the front office. Now you know, as a business person, there's so much that went into getting that in front of you. The back office for that one listing is immense, so, so big. You've got all the You've got the photography, you've got the technology, you've got all the business structures, you've got taxes, so many different things that go into that. So I hope that that analogy helps you to understand the front office. And now I'm going to go a little deeper into the back office. And as a hint, back office equals operations. So these back office activities are everything that support the front. We're talking about things like human resources and under human resources, it can be payroll. This list is very, very long, but I'm just going to give you a few that pop in my head right now. Payroll, we've got hiring and firing. We've got growth. We've got culture. We've got compensation, benefits. So much goes into HR. Then we have customer service. So here we're onboarding, we're we're servicing the client or the customer, and we're engaging with the customer. Then we have technology, which is automations and systems. This can be so much, especially in this digital and online age. The fourth thing we have is marketing. So this can be marketing and tech are somewhat intertwined here, but marketing specifically, we're looking at design and copy and photography. And then again, all those marketing integrations that go along with our sales pages and uh, the offers themselves. We also have finance and legal. So when we're talking about finance, think about tax, accounting, forecasting, analytics, and financial planning. And then in legal, you know, these are these are areas that we don't get to until later in business. And I wish that it's just so hard to tackle everything at one time. But when we think of legal, there are actually quite a few legal things in our businesses. Setting up your business structure, 
what kind of policies you need, what kind of risk you are in, contracts that you need, agreements that are going to be made maybe with strategic partners, and then, oh, compliance. We've got to do that. Regulations sometimes are a big piece of our job, depending on which industry you're in. And if you have a product-based businesses, there's going to be other operational areas like fulfillment, inventory management, distribution, amongst some others. So again, this is super high level, but the front office is really where you have the strategy, the vision, the creation of the products, and then selling them, getting them out into the market. The back office is everything that's going to support the front. So in large corporations, you're going to see leaders over each of these areas, like I just mentioned. For example, you're going to have a chief marketing officer. You're going to have a chief financial officer, maybe a chief human resource officer, a chief risk officer, a CIO someone in general counsel. These are all C-suite positions, and they have layers of leadership and individual contributors underneath that. These people are in control of the strategy, and they have loads of teams to implement them. That sounds dreamy to us, but in small business, we just simply can't allocate our resources in the same way. We have to focus on really lean structures so that we can increase our profit margin. And we do that by performing both the front and the back office roles, a lot of times by ourselves. Once the revenue becomes a little bit more consistent in our business, we start to get more confidence and we expand our teams, usually with administrative support. A little bit later, we'll bring in some marketing and maybe some tech specialist. And as the business grows, so do the operations. You've got additional products lines. You've got more offers. You've got several launches a year. You've got new teammates coming in, maybe some going out. You've got a new website you want done. And all of a sudden, you reach a point that you just can't do it all. Does this resonate with you? I have felt this myself, and I have seen it so many times. But this is the expansion time when people call me and say, Nat, I'm looking for a director of ops. A DOO is a necessary complement to a CEO at some point in business. There's not a perfect time. I can't prescribe that time for you, but it will come for you. Some people refer to a director of operations as their right hand, amongst some other names that are out there. But these folks are detail-oriented, they're process-driven, they're leaderly people. They have the innate ability to take your vision and lead the team so that they, along with the team, can create the outcome that you want. Again, they're catching your vision and they're making it happen. And we're going to talk a little bit more about what a director of operation is in the next episode, and I sure hope you join me. So this brings me to my why. Why in the world do I love talking about operations? Now, guys, I know that this is somewhat of a dry subject, but I'm going to do my best to make it interesting and applicable for you. But before I do, I just want to give you a little bit of a background on why it's so important to me. I had no idea that being born into this skill set of organization, detail, and productivity would lend itself to a career in operations. Heck, I didn't even call it that up until about eight years ago. <laughs> I went to school for healthcare and business, and I began my career. I worked in cardiac care. What? Cardiac care? Yeah, they say it's easy to connect the dots looking backwards. And because of that, my start in healthcare doesn't really surprise me much anymore. Here's why. Healthcare is totally procedural. 
There's a particular way that you do everything and you're trained that way. You're tested that way before you can actually be a practitioner. You have to intuitively know which path to take and then you execute that plan. That's what patient care really is. And then I must brag on myself just a little bit. I was the bomb at patient care. I genuinely loved every single patient, well, most of the patients, and I built tremendous bonds with these people. Hey, Dee, hey, Virtus, hey, Gloria, if you're out there listening, you guys are some of my all-time favorites, and I still remember you decades later. (laughs) Of course, at this time in my life, I saw myself as a healthcare provider and practitioner. I wasn't looking at the world of operations, but I was most certainly an operator. We then relocated from Colorado back home to Texas, and the Medicare rules were really wonky. And so I had to make the choice to look for something a little bit different. And that's a long story. I'll I'll save it for a rainy day, but none of us really even need to know it anymore, right? Uh, But regulations are wild. Let me just go there. So I stumbled across an impressive company here in San Antonio that really changed the trajectory of my life. I joined their human resources department, and I managed their fitness and wellness benefits. And this was a super unexpected blend of my medical and business training. So it allowed me to excel both clinically and then also learn so much in the human resources space. So I went on to administer benefit plans. I led massive teams. I moved to other parts of human resources like recruiting, diversity, and then I finally moved over to project management. I was so fortunate because they gave me the trainings, the certification, all just an amazing amount of experience all over the course of a decade. And all of these activities that I just described and the roles that I just described fell perfectly into my zone of genius, and I was totally thriving. I saw myself as a C-suite female leader at this company. And then one day, I was voluntold to transition to supporting senior leaders as the chief of staff. This was a massive compliment. I was blown away, and what a ride it was. I got a firsthand look at how things get done and how strategies get built, how people are motivated, and this is exactly where I thrived. I was the chief of getting it all done, and so my leader could just simply show up. And this is the key, and this is exactly what a director of operations does. It required soft skills and hard skills, intuition and strategy, anticipation and leadership, and it was a very fulfilling three years of my corporate career. My time at this Fortune 150 company ended with a change in leadership, and I seized the day. My children, Zachary and Emery, who you'll hear me refer to throughout this podcast, were eight and five years old, and I just longed to be more present for them, and there was no way I could if I stayed at this company. I was in a role that was going, I was probably going to stay in a, in a similar role to that. I was working sun up to sundown, and honestly, I was missing their sports activities, and it was killing me. I was paying someone to take my kids from school or from daycare to their activities, and I really didn't want that to be my legacy. So I did some internal work. I had 60 days to make a decision of taking a severance or finding another job in the company, and I waved the flag, and I took the severance, and off I went. I took a solid three months to play at the park and lead the PTA, but that just didn't cut it for me. I started to ingrain myself with this amazing world of entrepreneurship and online business that I just didn't have time for when I was in corporate. 
I did what I did best. I dug in. I connected with really amazing people. Some of the best friendships I have today are the people that really that I latched onto at this period of time. I built relationships and I got to understand their problems. And guess what? These people were hurting financially and emotional. The game of business was winning, and I knew exactly what they needed to stay in the game. And it was exactly my chief of staff role at that Fortune 150 company. So guess what? That's exactly what I did. I realized my superpower, and I started supporting five- and six-figure business owners and translated what I did in the corporate setting to the small business owner. And in the past four years, I've supported over four dozen businesses, large businesses, businesses that you know. I documented my proprietary strategic mapping framework. I've taught it to over 200 people. I was in such great demand that I had to do something, and I did something big. I took a year to document how I worked with my clients so that I could certify like-minded, big-hearted people to become director of operations just like me. My goal is to help business owners to find high-level support so they can get back to the vision that they had when they started their business. It's often that the operations takes that passion away. I've seen it so many times. And my mission is just to equip these operations leaders to take over the backside of your business so that you can do what you love which is to create, to connect, and to build that content. Do you feel like you understand operations a little bit better now? You've got the history, the way it's practiced today in small business, and why I am so connected to sharing this message with you. It's simply my passion. I know it's strange, but it's my passion, and I hope to put a little bit of fire in you just as well. With every single one of my episodes, you are going to not only learn a little learn a little bit about operations, but I also, with each episode, I'm going to give you a little business activity that's going to allow you to really look at the operations in your business. As an operations expert, I would be crazy to let you off the hook without trying to see where you have opportunity in your business. So here's the one for today. Episode number one, business activity. Create a list of the back office roles that are taking place in your business today. Today. Today is that key in that statement. So what's happening today? Don't think of what you want it to be. Think of what it is today. Now, think of everything from strategy to legal, marketing, customer service, everything in between, all those emails, all your blogs. What is it? Who's performing those roles? The smaller the business, the more of those roles that you're going to be playing yourself. And that's perfectly fine. I'm still playing plenty of roles that I look forward to outsourcing one day. But take a look at that list and see which ones you'd like to get help on first, second, and next. Maybe you're ready for a director of operations. Let me know. I would love for you to take that list and go to theopsinsiders.com. There you can join our community and share your list. When you do that, you may just get a prize. So go ahead and go to theopsinsiders.com. That is going to be our special private Facebook community, and you're going to be able to see and hear lots of takeaways from every single episode. I hope that this overview has been really helpful for you and sets the tone for what we're going to talk about. I am so excited that you're here and appreciate your listening. Thank you for investing just a little bit of time to listen to this episode of the Ops Authority Podcast. I am so grateful to be surrounded by real action takers like you who are invested in growing their business through operations. Will you add one more action to your to-do list today? Visit theopsauthoritypodcast.com 
where you can join our community of business owners and other ops experts. You're going to hear from me in a week, but in the meantime, do big things on the backside of your business.